The Joe Biden administration made a fresh bid to reach out to African leaders during the US African Leaders Summit held in Washington DC from December 13 to 15. The summit takes place at a time when both China and Russia have established different kinds of presence in Africa. The US government tried to give the impression that the summit was not about its international rivals, but the subtext was clearly there. How do current geopolitical and economic developments influence the US outreach to African countries? What were some of the key announcements and outcomes of the summit? Well, for the United States it was a wake-up call when the heads of government of Africa didn't support or line up behind the US position regarding the war on Ukraine. You know, many of them took quite independent positions. Several heads of government went to Moscow in this intervening several months. Um even countries that were quite closely aligned to the United States didn't take the US position in public. You know, many of them wanted to essentially have a kind of non-aligned view between um the Russians and the United States. Well, you know, it's true of course that the US has watched with some alarm over the course of the past several years, maybe 6 years or so that um China has increased its investments on the African continent is a principal investor on the continent about four times greater by volume than US investments and a different character of investment because a lot of Chinese investment is in infrastructure building whereas a lot of US investment is in fact in extractive industries um so the US has been alarmed by this they've also been alarmed by the entry of several hundred Russian um mercenaries associated largely with the Wagner group not only in Mozambique um but in the Democratic Republic of Congo in Libya and in most recently Burkina Faso so the US has been pretty alert to this because they kind of thought that you know the African continent the US and France has a kind of lock on it but not so in fact a number of african states are asserting their independence um they don't want to be you know either the front or backyard of the united states france or russia or china they want to assert their own independence and so as a way to um uh, reassert their independence or well putting it in another way to recolonize africa united states had a white paper out strategic document which talked about the strategy for us to assert its control and then in mid december 3 days summit the us africa summit held in washington um where they sat and discussed you know a range of things including the problems of food price inflation um and 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 of course the issue of russia and china strikingly the most important issue to african countries since 60% of them are struggling um with a very very dangerous debt crisis that issue of debt was not on the table it was not discussed by anybody um it was all about in a way the new cold war it was all about the united states trying to reassert itself as the principal power on the african continent in the last day the united states decided to pledge 55 billion dollars to the african continent that's roughly 1 billion per country it's interesting when you look at the character of the aid um well there was about 150 dollars for elections this was comical uh, on wednesday one of the days of the summit mr biden took aside several uh, leaders of countries who were going to come up for elections and basically apparently lectured them on the importance of free and fair elections a very curious thing that happened one of the people taken aside was mohammed mohammed buhari of nigeria um an expert in in how to win elections 
um, and you know these were all men, uh, octogenarians, nontogenarians who have not really had a free and fair election in a long time. It was curious that the U.S. decided to pull this public relations move uh, against them. It's curious because you're not going to make friends like that. But anyway, that's a separate issue. Um, the bulk of the money pledged, in fact, for combating food insecurity looked to me to be in the realm of public-private partnerships. This was going to be money that essentially would subsidize U.S. multinational corporations to enter and take advantage of African soil and African markets. Didn't look to me like um, an investment program for the African continent looked more like a subsidy program for U.S. multinationals. But of course, that's not how it's being reported in the press. They just have the banner number 55 billion as if that's a lot of money. In fact, that's not a very great deal of money for a very large continent with a great deal of complicated problems um, who are trying to manage their own foreign policy between the United States, Russia and China. They really don't want to get caught up in the ugly choices of this new Cold War. For countries of the diverse continent, there are tough choices to make. On the one hand, there is a groundswell of people's anger against the presence of Western troops in many countries. At the same time, the US seeks to intensify its military and strategic presence in the continent. Meanwhile, China's presence has been marked by a focused economic plan for many countries, which is an attractive offer for them. How do governments manage to strike a balance between various foreign players even while dealing with pressures from their population against militarization and imperialism? You know, Africa is a very diverse continent, many different currents taking place in the Sahel region, in Mali, in Burkina Faso and so on. We've seen a, a real uh, rising up of people against the French intervention through Operation Barkhane. The French have been essentially removed from Mali and Burkina Faso. On the other side in Ghana, we see the entry of the United States taking over a terminal in Accra's airport. We see the entry most likely of UK troops into Ghana through the Accra initiative. So very strange different things happening in different parts of the continent. But let's focus on Zambia, which has been an interesting place. High debt problems. Uh, once again, back to the International Monetary Fund. Um, the Chinese government came in and basically um, tore up pieces of paper for loans. Some loans were forgiven and so on. And then in the middle of all this, um, the uh, Zambian government decides to cut a deal with the Democratic Republic of Congo and the United States um, around basically battery making. Now, what's interesting is the Democratic Republic of Congo and Zambia already had an agreement uh, to do some sort of collaborative work on creating an electric battery. There was no need for the U.S. to be part of this deal, but the U.S. inserted itself. This shows the political weakness in some of these countries. You know, here was a situation where both the Democratic Republic of Congo and Zambia already had an agreement, already had a plan to build an electric battery um, you know, uh, supply chain and so on. They would have perhaps done it on their own. And yet here the United States, um, you know, in a sense, really frustrated by the Chinese entry into these countries, inserts itself. And I would say arm twist Zambia and Democratic Republic of Congo to allow a new agreement to be created, which is um, between the three countries. So that's a sign of the weakness of countries. Again, it's it's Apache um, you know, uh, situation in some countries, they are ejecting like the French in other countries, they are 
forced to bring in the United States. So, I mean, we have to look and see. It's very difficult to generalize, as you said. 